Hey, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We have some market commentary, some much needed market commentary because there's a lot of things happening. Today's market to talk about, happy to be welcome back to, uh, that's Tony Greer, TG Macro. Uh, TG, you and I first chatted on the podcast about a month ago. I actually got a number of emails and messages saying, TG was awesome, have him back. So uh, fans, you ask, we deliver. Welcome back, Tony. Good to hear Thanks for having me, Trevor. Good to hear. Good time to get started. I'm energized. Yeah, I, you know, there is a little pep in my step. But even, you know, Monday when gold went soaring uh, as the markets went down uh, and now looking back just two days ago, now the markets are soaring and, and gold and precious metals are getting hammered down. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting dynamic. I think that people wanted to de-risk a little bit into the beginning of the year, and they just ran into this inflationary, you know, explosion that 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 kind of just ran over the sellers. You know, it looks to me like you know this the the obviously the energy sector is big time in play. You know, with that Saudi headline yesterday. Um, you know, you've had your handle on gold for a while. Bitcoin's gone berserk. And now we're having, you know, you're seeing soft commodities, grains and everything join the rally. And what's amazing, like we were just talking before we got online, bond market's finally listening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 10 year yield, it's not, it's over one. It's at 1.05. I mean, just a major, major jump. Uh, this on the back of the political news out of Georgia. I mean, you know, was this going to happen with or without that uh, that Senate runoff race, Tony? Yeah, I don't. I feel like it was coming. I guess you know maybe if we tilted the 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 Senate blue and the House blue, that you know we're talking about more stimulus rather than less, and and maybe we're you know maybe this is the bond market finally you know saying like okay, we'll we'll accept that there's going to be inflation around, and you know this is just going to wake up you know, the Federal Reserve to figure out what they're going to do about it, because I can't imagine that rates are going to be flying higher and stocks are going to be flying higher at the same time, you know, but we'll see for now that's happening. So it's going to be an interesting, um, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks for sure. I wanted to ask you some about the other base metals, uh, uh, copper, for instance, uh, had a little bit of a jump early this morning has since come down off of its highs. Uh, but ultimately, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about that I've had in the back of my mind for another for a number of days here is, you know, can these base metals such as copper continue to rise without the bond market rising as well? Or are we kind of in this parallel dynamic where both of them need to come up in order to get that next leg higher? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not going to trade like bonds off of the off of copper or, or vice versa. Really, but my point, like I guess my point, Trevor, is I think copper can go to 10k or or better. You know, I you know if we start to run into a structural deficit, start seeing some backwardation on the LME. You know, we've already got investors piling in, which, as you know, tightens up the markets a little bit. As long as the curve can sustain it, I think that we can see rising equity prices because of the rising commodities but it's going to be a question of whether you know the curve the curve and maybe the bond market can sustain that so i guess while i'm not um pinning one against the other i do see copper going higher but i think something is going to have to give in bonds meaning i feel like they're going to have to back way 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 off at one point because we're due for this you know pullback in the equity market is so overheated and sentiment is so redline hot that you know, I feel like the bond market is due to send us a signal of some sort. So yeah, it's tricky, but 
we're going to keep working around it. Well, everything, you know, the S&P's up, the, the Dow's up, uh, both over 1%. Uh, Dow's almost up 2%, but the NASDAQ is down a quarter percentage point. Uh, part of me thinks this is some of that uh, fear that a majority Democratic government might come down and, and crack down on those tech stocks. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I, I, I don't it could be that and I'm, I'm kind of rooting for it to be that, you know, for a dismantling of Section 230. But it could also be the theme that's been carrying on since we sort of flipped the switch into the new rotation that's looking past lockdown. And when the market looks past lockdown toward reopening, big tech struggles, right? Like it's never going to look as good for them as it did during lockdown. And it just seems that you know, maybe with the eye-popping returns that they put up last year with a lot of those subsectors of tech up 50% or more. I don't know. I got a feeling they're going to struggle to put up returns like that, but that we might see right returns like that in the natural resources space this year. You know, so it's a, there's definitely a, um, you know, there was a wealth gap that got blown wide open, sort of, so to speak, in the equity market that sort of mimics the one that's going on in society, right? Where tech just, and Fang, tech got way out ahead of the S&P and then Fang got way out ahead of that, mm -hmm. you know? And so maybe this is just a little bit of an unwinding of that where the, the broader market gets to catch up in a scenario where maybe it's not as good optically for technology. Is this the beginning of kind of a sector rotation into those commodities away from those big high-flying tech stocks? Are you seeing that? That's what I'm feeling. You know, I, I'm kind of, I, I have to say, Trevor, one of the strongest feelings that I've had, you know, as a trader gut-wise hit me in the head this year has been like, you know, the whole, you know, the, the BCOM Bloomberg Commodities Index breaking out on the first day of the year and a lot of these commodity rallies being sustainable. It just seems to me that this could be a year where natural resources get some attention and where tech gets little attention. You know, and we have that rotation, like I said, where you have stocks like Bungie or something like Freeport Macmoran that have returns this year that are up 50 percent or 100 um, percent, you know, where, where maybe um, Facebook and Amazon and Apple, which just put in a treacherous double top, um, you know, maybe their returns are kind of up 5 percent this year or 10 percent or flat or down a couple. So I do believe that we are in the middle of a huge, huge rotation in terms of investor value. And I think that we're going to start valuing natural resources more and valuing technology and maybe some of the other high flyers a little bit less. So, per, so and, per, yeah. perhaps value more than performance this year. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, see, it was amazing to me, Trevor, is that, I, you know, I speak to a lot of investment banks and a lot of wealth managers and I ask them, you know, what their economic forecasts are and what they've seen. And, Across the board, you know, up until this Morgan Stanley call recently, everybody was, yeah, we're not really seeing any risk of any headline inflation, you know, kind of business as usual. We're not seeing risk in the dollar getting dismantled at all, kind of just a usual pullback in the range. And they're saying that to me, and I'm kind of quaking in my boots, you know, listening to them because I have the voraciously opposite view where I think the dollar is now in collapse mode and that if there's an actual short covering rally in the dollar index, it might be more like from 80 to 90 rather than anything around here. Um, and so, you know, what we're seeing around us is dollar failure everywhere, right? It's, it's assets running, you know, the dollar running away and into other assets like Bitcoin and Tesla, you know, the things with the eye popping returns. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely a strong undercurrent for that, that that's trying to that's pushing me to decide if I've got enough of the natural resources trade on 
or if uh, I need to branch out into some of the other uh, areas that I don't really have covered as well, like ag. Yeah, you know? that is interesting. I think you posted something on Twitter about uh, grain prices actually kind of popping up lately. Can you comment on that? Because obviously we don't cover that much here on the show. Yeah, you know, and I stay away from grain since um, really playing defense, trading them uh, as part of a commodity index because they're very difficult unless you're a specialist. But from a macro perspective, I think it's important to note that we have seen, and I'm going by just to keep it simple, Trevor, the Bloomberg Commodity Grains Index, um, which is really just a basket of soybeans, soy meal, wheat and corn, you know, the big grains. My point is, we've seen seven straight years of negative performance in the grains, right? I speak at a commodity roundtable um, out in Memphis every year, and I've gotten to know a lot of American farmers, and I've gotten to understand their plight. And I've spoken there for three years running now when grain prices have gone just straight down. And, you know, they always want to know if there's ever going to be hope. And the only thing that I could ever offer them is that, you know, once there's a big inflation story, people will buy grains. And I, I, I wish I had had a better explanation at the time. But my point was, listen, you know, once hard assets and all commodities start rising in unison for the right reason, people are going to be unable to leave the grains out. And now we're in the situation where we've got the first um, first year out of the last eight where the Bloomberg commodity, uh, Bloomberg grain index returned 18 percent, you know, the first uptick in eight years. You've got a situation where China is still a humongous buyer, and this is sort of after Trump turned the trade tables a little bit on them. So, you know, people are going to different countries to source their grain needs. You've got Russia cutting off their distribution of grain or their export of grain to try to slow down price inflation at home, right? They're trying to keep the supply localized. And so that's creating a lot of tightnesses and shortages in the markets all over the place. Mm -hmm. So now we've got hope for the American farmer. Finally, where, you know, maybe we have a year where grains can rally or at least there's an international bidding war for them. And that fits right into the commodity inflation story. Right. Then you sort of have to start including your ag stocks with your base metal mines and your gold mines and things like that. Uh, this theme of inflation continues to come up in our conversations, Tony. It seems like a month ago, uh, the whole inflation was more, you know, are we seeing a reflation type of scenario right. but all of a sudden the first three days of trading in 2021 it's we've got inflation that's all i'm seeing uh tips hit two percent inflation yeah. that that's the fed target uh the chatwood index last five years has inflation for me we're from eight to twelve percent uh basically calling the cpi's bluff uh you know like it yeah. just seems like in the last what is it 72 hours yeah it's like we have inflation yes. Yeah. And, and it's literally the same way. It's almost like portfolio managers were like, yeah, we're going to really go after this natural resources trade big, but we're just going to wait until the calendar turns. We're not going to do it until next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden they came out of the gates and they're like, okay, everybody's student body, right? Everyone is buying commodities hand over fist. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and so like, yeah. And, and, and people, what's amazing, Trevor, is that we're going to get to points where a lot of wise guys are going to want to fade this just based on price action. And it's going to make it to the media and people are going to say, oh, that's got to be it for the commodity rally. And sometimes that's when they'll go vertical, you know, and I could definitely see a scenario where copper goes vertical through 10K and gold goes vertical through 2,500 
you know, in silver through 40. And I mean, I'm not, maybe not saying that to the next two or three months, but I feel like I can picture that as being the sort of, I don't know, the climax of this trade, you know, because I feel like it's getting out of the gate now and it's going to get, it's going to run for a while. And then we'll, you know, find a, a big sentimental moment where it'll be a sale, but it's not for a long time yet. Oh, uh, commodity super cycle. That's another topic that's been yeah. out. I'm just curious. And maybe, uh, uh, Tony, if you could, a couple indicators maybe you're following that you want maybe people listening to maybe keep an eye on to uh, justify that theory of a continues, continued boom in the commodities sector. Yeah, well, you know, we saw we just saw an ISM number, which was, I think, one of the first numbers released in the year, Trevor. And within the ISM number, um, that's the Institute of Supply Management Manufacturing PMI comes out at 60.7 versus 56.8 expected, right? So it's a big beat in manufacturing PMI. Then you go to the prices paid number and that's 77.6 versus an expectation of 66. So what this is are, you know, people in the construction and building and industrial, you know, manufacturing industries filling out reports and saying, yeah, this is what we paid for our product inputs you know, the prices were X, Y, Z up a little percent, down a little percent or whatever, but they're basically filling out a survey and admitting to the fact that they paid a lot more for their input commodities than they have previously. Right. So there's little hints like that in numbers, you know, inside the data that you can keep an eye on. My next trade is probably going to be to pile into the rails. I think that railroads are going to start getting pricing power as they bust through their old highs here after a little dip. And then they'll go on a run and start propelling the transport sector, you know, because when the commodities get flying, the rails and the trucks and the carriers get pricing power. They jack the prices. They increase their margins. They start reporting blowout quarters. And, you know, you realize that this is very much a good corollary of the commodity trade. So you want to see them performing alongside it kind of thing. What about that uh, global Baltic dry index? Do you keep an eye on that at all? Uh, you know, I've been scarred a little bit by that, you know, having spent years with my elbows, you know, dug into the shipping markets when I was mm-hmm. at Dalman Rose. And that was a sector that we sort of, you know, I kind of reluctantly covered because it was a very, very tricky and insider sector. And when I, for me over the years, studying the BDXY, it may be a momentary correlation to what's going on in the world, but broadly speaking, it doesn't really have to, you know what I mean? Yep. So that, that, that's how I perceived it. And, and really from being a tape watcher, and, and, you know, thinking that I found uh, some kind of secret sauce when I learned what that was at Dalman Rose at two, in, you know, in 2008. And I started studying it and saying, you know, maybe this is the keys to the commodity castle and understanding, you know, the kinds of flows that are going on. And it wound up being disappointing. So in, in that respect, I've kind of thrown it off of my radar screen, if that's fair. So keeping it more uh, national, local with the railroads is maybe a better bet. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just kind of lost faith in the correlation of the BDXY to what was what I, to what I saw as going on in the world. And now I feel like it's really lost correlation. So I kind of just stay away from it. OK, uh, TG, let's give you, you know, before we let you go, because we may not talk to you until February. Uh, but going, going through the rest of the month, I mean, given the last three days of price action we've seen and the craziness, you know, how how are you playing this? Are you kind of just taking a step back and try to 
catch a breath and you know being very strategic with how this is going to play out and let it kind of settle or are you jumping on it as quickly as you can well if we're to stick with the natural resource trade i i am i'm trading around it for sure right like i'm I'm, i'm taking some opportunities when stocks get historically um distance from their 200 day moving average to take a little bit of profit you know, looking to buy it back if I can. So, you know, I'm kind of already in the trade. I'm positioned for it. And I'm really just kicking tires to see where, what I might be missing. You know, Trevor, it's like the whole thing with this year going forward is it almost looks too good to me in the first couple of days where, you know, all of a sudden these positions that I had lying around collecting dust are all of a sudden coming to life. And it's all because of this commodity grab. But it makes sense to me because of, what's what you know this correlation between the dollar diving money supply dramatically expanding this year that's another interesting data point um for your readers we've had money supply m2 growth be a single digit percentage for the last decade and all of a sudden we just put up 25 percent m2 growth last year right so stick that in your pipe and smoke it in terms of you know being considering your dollar view and your commodity view, because what that says to me is the dollar is going to lose purchasing power. Hard assets are going to keep rallying and you just have to make sure that you're there. So I guess my point being is that I've had good exposure to the metal space, both base and precious. I've been touting the bullish oil, uh, you know, banging the bullish oil drum since the thing traded zero. I, so I've had that covered and now it's just a question of, you know, seeing the other sides of the trades that might really perform this year. And, and for me, like I said, that could be either a subset of transports or a subset of um, the grain, uh, excuse me, the ag markets, whether it's a stock like a fertilizer company or if it's an ag producer or something like that. I don't know yet, but that's my plan is to study up on those and see which ones of those I can capture for this ride, because I still really feel like this is a trade that just got out of the gate. So that's how I'm playing it. Are you sharing these trades in your newsletters? Yes, absolutely. I carry right. my readers. I carry my readers through these trades, through the view matrix, um, which is a, a very basic, rudimentary spreadsheet that just has the that takes my positions from the radar screen where I'm watching them to the view matrix where I'm actually trading them, and it uh, establishes a reasonable risk reward on all the trades. And I'm very disciplined. I'm probably more disciplined in my note than I am in real life. But when things go through my level, I generally just turn around, sell them, and try to move on to the next trade. So I think that's what um, my readers have appreciated about me. And so now we're left in the situation where we've bailed out of a couple of trades for five or six or eight or ten percent, and you know we've got a couple of doubles and triples working. So this is what we're trying to accomplish, man. Yep. Uh, Tony Greer, appreciate your time. As always, uh, looking forward to have you back again, uh, hopefully next month, my friend. Yeah, Trevor, my pleasure. Anytime you want, just ring the phone, and uh, it doesn't have to be on a monthly basis. If you want to talk markets more often than that, I'm always here. All right, very good. Tony Greer, you can find his website and his newsletters at tgmacro.com. Thanks, everybody. We will be back with some more interviews later this afternoon. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.